Whether you suffer from depression, anxiety, feel stuck, or lack motivation, it all starts in the mind. We're on a quest to help us break through life's most challenging obstacles. No matter who we are or what we hope to achieve, clarity, joy, and self-love will help us lead the way. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Mind Reboot Program and Podcast. Today, I'm here with Sarah Lemke of Revival Therapy. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It has been quite a conversation that we've been having right before we jumped on here. I'm telling you, I love it. No, you are just incredible human being with a wealth of wisdom and just an incredible story uh, to top it off. But why don't you start by telling us exactly what you do professionally? Yeah, so professionally, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor. That's a mouthful to say. Um, I'm also a drug and alcohol counselor. I've um, been doing it now almost 22 years, which wow. feels like so odd to say, right? <laughs> well, you definitely don't um, look like you've been doing it 22 years. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's so interesting. So uh, prior to doing what I do now at Revival Therapy, I was actually a behavioral health executive. Um, so I ran like six different little companies um, and decided like I was literally like living to work. Mm. You know, just like not enjoying life. I didn't feel like this was my calling, what I was meant to do. I was removed from helping people. So hence, I started Revival Therapy. I was like, you know what? We're going to open up a private practice, a group practice where we do therapy right. Um, and really, like, use our skills to help people on their healing journey. Yeah. You know, that was what it was always about, right? And I felt like somewhere along the line, like, I lost that. Mm. And I was like, it's time to get back to the basics. So hence, Revival Therapy was born. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, when you say, it, you know, I guess what you were feeling or the, the things that you noticed um, you know, were changing, was it because when, when you think about business, you're always talking about money and, and meeting certain goals, and, and it's more about that than it is helping people? Totally. Gotcha. You know, it, it, it did. Like, most of my conversations throughout the day always had to deal with money, always had to deal with staffing issues, always had to deal with, like, what building we're going to grow into, which, I mean, is all positive, right? With growth, you can help more people. I understand sure. that, right? Um, even for myself, like, I want to grow at Revival Therapy, of course. We want to have a farther reach. We want to help more people. However, I became disenchanted when there was less conversations about the work we were actually doing, mm. the efficacy of that. Were we really helping people um, back to almost like the mission and vision of why we were doing what mm -hmm. we were doing? And I felt myself like slowly eroding away is like the best way to describe it. Because like since I was a young girl, Okay, let me back up. You know when you're in school and they ask you, what do you want to be when you get older? Okay. I had three things. I was like, I want to be an astronaut. I was obsessed with like NASA and space when That's I was cool. a kid. Yeah, it was like kind of like my thing. Um, and then I said, I want to be a plastic surgeon. I have no idea where that one Can came I from. Can I tell you? That's exactly what I say I wanted to be, a plastic surgeon, because I knew how much money they made. That's I think it. that's probably it. That's the only reason. I saw some list that had plastic surgeon as like the highest pay. I was like, I want to do that. You're like, I want to do, do that. that. <laughs> Let me do that one. Yeah, so that one randomly came up on the list. And the third one was to be a counselor and help people. And what was really ironic is that I didn't even really understand what a counselor was prior to that. I mean, we're talking like second or third grade. I had mm -hmm. never been in therapy before prior to that. But I think I knew innately from a young age that I wanted to help people. I tend to be a very empathic person, mm -hmm. um, non-judgmental. 
right? And, I, and even after that, I've had like my own story, right? And so I was like, this is just not what I was doing as an executive was not connecting with like the core of who I was. And I'm telling you, God spoke to me. He was like, you need to go do this, girlfriend. So name it Revival Therapy and let's go. So I've been doing it. We've been completely on fire. Like the mental health needs are rampant right oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and it, it's so true. And I think it's it's just because culturally, and, and I feel like every culture on some level talks about how they um, weren't, it wasn't acceptable to talk about mental health. It wasn't acceptable. And I, and I don't think it's specific to any one culture. I feel like as a society, we just haven't, been able to have those conversations to be able to be open and vulnerable right oh yeah you also mentioned god in, in terms of this how, how do those two things that, that you've spoken about um one being led by god but two also with the experience you had professionally how does that how how has it been so different now mm-hmm. that with revival you, you know what are you doing so differently from mm-hmm. the 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 some of the things you were doing so before that, yeah that, that made you feel that negative yeah. way I guess the easiest way to describe it is tell a little bit of my story in my own revival. You know, prior to starting uh, revival therapy, I was engaged to this guy. Um, We were together almost three years on and off. He was a successful entrepreneur, was always kind of encouraging me to go into business and do this for myself. But stars never really aligned. Mm. Make a long story short, um, he ended up leaving very suddenly. Found out he was with somebody else. It was like devastating. Literally, <laughs> I quit my job as an executive, right? Because I knew I no longer wanted to do that, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And um, he was my security to be able to quit that and figure that out and this and the other. So literally, I'm in my house and I'm looking at my pug and I'm like, well, his name's Chubb, Chubb the pug. I'm like, Chubb, we're going for a car ride. Literally packed the car in 45 minutes and I just started driving west. Wow. Yeah, I ended up in California, but it took a few segues to get there. And um, yeah, like in the car, I had some really hard moments. You know, I I tell people and they're like, come on. I'm like, no, I'm serious. I literally cried on and off from Chicago, right, to Reno when I hit my best girlfriend's house. And but what better time to be in tune with faith, God, whatever you want to call it, right? Then when you're completely broken, you're in a place of ruin. Uh, it's a car, a quiet car ride across country. And the only like person you have with you is a pug. You know, so I did a lot of thinking, reflecting, feeling, talking to God, a lot of crying. And um, through going through my own rune that led to a revival, I was like, this is what I want to do for other people. This is what I want to help them with. Really. Like, I'll be totally honest. I'm not really interested in helping, like, kind of like the broken fingernail, like, sort of stuff. Like, I'm just not. I've done that before. It's just, like, not my thing, right? I really want to help people who are in a place of rune, uh, desperation, not sure Almost where life to turn. Or death, really. yeah, yeah, like not sure where to turn. Like their whole life had been in upheaval. I mean, mine was in a matter of moments. I lost my fiance, my job, where I was going to live. It was two weeks before closing on a house that he and I were going to close on. Um, like all this sort of stuff. Like I, I didn't even know who I was anymore. Yeah. Really, like so much of who I was was tied up in that relationship, which has its own story and unhealthiness in a way. But through that 
that, through that pain, through that struggle, I've really been able to like help people and relate to people who are going through ruin and who want to get on the other side, but they just are not sure how to do it. And listen, it doesn't mean that I'm a Christian counselor because I'm a, you know, a believer in God. It's just that God revived my life. Um, But I help people find like more than just themselves. Yeah. Right, like yeah. like the strength from within, um, and really just like handhold and try to be on this journey with people, right, and help them realize like their own strength um, and how they can turn that around to be on their own revival. In Absolutely, a way. yeah. So, and I only um, hire other clinicians who work for me who have like the same values and the same beliefs. Yep. Um, who are less focused on like um, <laughs> like the diagnostics of things, right? Like w- we have to, you know, assign people like labels, like you know, you're depressed, you're anxious, you have bipolar disorder, and like you know, some therapists can really get stuck in that. Yeah, I have no interest in that. That's awesome. I mean, I don't even know if I should be saying that publicly, but I mean, well, like, hey, we'll, it's real. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure <laughs> yeah, it out. Before we publish this. So if you're yeah. listening, then, you know, it's good to go. Yeah. But I, I mean, I just feel called to say that, right? Yeah. It's about the human being. It's not about like this is disorder, right? It's like, how did you get here? What do you believe in? Do you believe in yourself? What fire can you pull out from within? And how do we help you get on a new path in life? That's amazing. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Yeah. Now, when you mentioned Christian, you know, counselor, or, um, is that right? Christian counselor, yeah. Christian therapy, right? Yeah. Therapist. Uh, now, this is just my personal belief, but how do you balance this with my belief of, you know, people who have this strong faith in God and in a real faith, not you know a superficial faith, one of mm-hmm. like a genie in a bottle type thing, yeah. you know, granting wishes for you, but yeah. an understanding that all that happens is for you, mm-hmm. right? I, I feel like when you align with people like that, anything is possible. But when you don't, it's really difficult, right? And then you start to see some of those nuances in people um, that come to define them as, you know, again, not that's a bad thing. It's just you don't believe the same things. And so it's really difficult for you to accomplish things in your own skin, if you will. Mm-hmm. How do you balance that between, you know, the, I guess, the society's view of, you know, religion and, mm-hmm. you know, spirituality and, and government and work and all those things being so separate? Mm-hmm. How are you able or how did you find that balance where you're able to lead with that in in terms of your profession yeah so it's actually pretty easy because i'll tell you like how i started in therapy was becoming a drug and alcohol counselor and so a lot of that is based in the 12 steps Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. which the first step is admitting that you're powerless Mm -hmm. over drugs alcohol whatever it is Mm -hmm. men rock and roll you know and um believing or finding your higher power essentially right and for some people you know it's god for some people it's you know a tree it's like you know a family member like whatever Mm. so i have long been comfortable in having conversations with people about that like right out of the gate like hey you have any spiritual beliefs like you believe in god what do you believe in yeah right most of the time in my experience, people believe in something. What I'll hear though is when people have gone through hard times in ruin about like, yeah, I used to believe in God. I grew up like as a Catholic school kid, like, you know, whatever mm-hmm, their story mm-hmm. is, right? Um, but, you know, life has been so hard. I'm so angry and I don't know if I believe in God anymore, yep. right? I don't know if I believe in my higher power anymore because they're just pissed, right? They're just pissed at what's happened in their life. And so I use that as a basis for like repair, 
right? And like gently touching on those conversations, right? And like, okay, most people when they've experienced ruin, they've had great things before that. Life is labile, right? (laughs) It goes up and down. And so, you know, I remind people of like, tell me what your life is like when it, it was going well. Yeah. Right? What was different about your life then? And usually people will go back to the basics, right? They're like, I, I was exercising, I was eating well, right? Like, I, I felt like I was being a good, honest human being. I was, uh, you know, I had a belief in something, yeah. right? So we go, we go back to the basics, right? And then they experience ruin and then like anger happens and despair happens. And it's like, well, if you want to get back here, if you wanted to even get to a greater version of that, where do you think we need to start? And usually people are like, well, with the shit I was doing before. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, so you already have the answers and the keys within you. Yeah. Right? You know, like the way that I do therapy, I don't know if it's a little bit unconventional. I, I tend to be kind of an unconventional person as it is. I think you're already setting that tone already. It's okay. It's good. Right? I like it. I like it's, it. Like like, just, I don't know if I should be saying that. But, uh, but like, yeah, here yeah, we go. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, just authentic to me. Right? And so... I totally see therapy less as like a dictation of like, this is what you need to do in your life. Like go home and do this homework assignment. Like you must meditate every day. Like what, whatever that looks like, right? I see it more as of like literally almost like being in the seat with somebody. You know, like we're on a love seat, right? And we're here together. And like, we don't always know how that's gonna look. Sometimes we're going to feel super comfortable. Sometimes we're going to be wearing our jeans that are way too tight and we just want to bust out, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm here with you. And I don't have all the answers. Like, I let clients know that right up front, right? Because people like to make jokes with therapists. They're like, are you reading my mind right mm-hmm. now, right? And they think because, like, you're a therapist, like, you're this super well-adjusted, like, perfect human being. I can assure you that I'm not. <laughs> I'm working on it all the time. But the thing is, is that I'm working on it. Yeah. And I'm comfortable to have these transparent conversations with people and to have these hard conversations with people about, like, do you believe in God? What Mm -hmm. happened in your life that you don't anymore, right? Where are you at? What led to ruin, this sort of thing? And I think that people connect with it, and they connect with the clinicians at Revival Therapy because we have that viewpoint of, like, we're in this with you. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how I intersect all those things. Well, I can see that you do. I mean, you, it just seems like you are who you are, right? You, you carry that with you wherever you go. You, you show up as yourself. You don't yeah. show up with some mask on and trying to be somebody you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that you had mentioned before we jumped on was that people who know you now or that, that knowing you, knew, knew you before, right, um, they don't recognize you. And then on right. some level, you don't recognize yourself. Yes. Right? But some of those values were still there before. Some of those things there. But and, and it's not about you. This is, you know, this is the mind yeah. reboot in terms of what you do for others. But how has kind of that observation of who you were, those habits, maybe those things that you talked about, like, oh, go back to the basics, go back to where, you know, you were before. Yeah. It seemed like that, that necessarily wasn't working for you because you're doing something totally different, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about that in terms of how when you don't have something that you, you maybe you never had great habits or you didn't know how to mm-hmm. do these things. And mm-hmm. how do you make that shift? Right? Yeah. How do you how do you get others to go towards yeah. you know this different life that they, they don't recognize themselves yeah. anymore? Yeah, I think I would like my life is a fine example of that. Yeah. Like I was telling you, like people are like, holy cow, like 
who are you, yeah. right? People who knew me before as an adult would describe me as somewhat quiet, maybe a little bit matronly. I was joking before mm-hmm. that I make like an excellent housewife, yep. you know, like that uh, whole thing. And now people are like, you almost seem like extroverted. Like, you know, you're alive. It feels like you're on fire. I'm like driven, right? And I can really say that the only like found, like the foundation that I had prior that was there before that's there now is my belief in my faith. Yeah. Um, listen, like even though I went to Catholic school, like neither one of my parents were like a super religious, spiritual, believed in God, but I can remember being like a young girl. I don't know how old you have to be to fit under your bed, like three, mm-hmm. four, five. But I remember being under my bed and um, my household was pretty tumultuous growing up. And I can remember like playing with the slats mm-hmm. on the bed, like this with my fingers when I was a little girl. Talking to God. Nobody taught me that. Mm-hmm. I was like, where did that come from? Like, I don't know. It still mystifies me. Right. But I can remember from being very young, like having a basis of believing in something greater than myself. Yep. Right. And so that's what I turned to. Right. I happen to call God, but I knew that there was something deep within me through this like entire rune of my life that was there to help transform me into something different, right? And I had to reach, like, really, really deep to find that. And then also, i got to tell you, like, have faith in a way to take chances. Like, literally on the edge of the cliff, like, eyes closed, like, arms out, like, you know, going to dive. Um, even, like, meeting you and doing this, mm-hmm. right? I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I, you know, I don't know who this guy is, but, <laughs> yeah, like, let's take a chance. Like, let's talk, right? And we've had some beautiful conversations where Absolutely. we've connected. And so, yes, by knowing that I have the strength within, by believing in myself, believing in God, um, and taking some chances... I've been on this complete like revival, not only in my life, like of my soul, Yeah. right? And it, it's been so cool because um, revival therapy has only been open for a short period of time. I and mean, we opened it in February and it's like gangbusters. Like I said, like was, people are coming in like you cannot even believe for mental health, which I love. But now it's been long enough, about five months or so, that I'm starting to see a few of the clients that I personally work with on their own revival. And that is a really really cool thing um and you know like i'll get texts from clients because you know my business phone is a cell phone and they're like thank you so much i understand what you mean by revival you know i've had the strength you know and there's always kind of like this taboo thing about therapists like sharing their personal stories because you should never share a personal story where therapy becomes about you Mm -hmm, as a therapist mm -hmm. right and you would only want to share stories for people when you feel like it would do good for them right right so I do, I do have that boundary, but to a point, because, again, I've been on my own revival, so I've given some, like, mini shares with clients, and they've been like, aha, uh-huh. like, exactly. I think a big part of being the healer is, like, having to walk the path and sharing an experience. 100%. Right? That's all life is, right? I mean, it really is. And it seems like you're doing all those things that, well, we don't have to say it or talk about it, you know. And again, I read the Bible, right? But um, how Jesus says uh, one another 33 times, and that we're here to uplift one another, encourage one another, support one another, carry one another's burdens, you know. And and in some ways, I think just that last part, the the carry one another's burdens, is 
you sharing a part of that almost seems like you are like you're not carrying this alone mm-hmm. and what i'm hearing too and correct me if i'm wrong but when you talked earlier about you know not labeling something as depression or anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever um that really we're talking about pain and suffering that's right right and and, and it takes on so many forms that to, to label it as such is a disservice because it really is pain and it really is suffering and it's yeah. that simple right and and what i'm hearing just that you're offering that to people. It's almost like an invitation mm-hmm. to put things on the table and see it for what they are mm-hmm. and you know, let the cards where, you know, fall where they fall, but you have this community, this support system, and it might just be one person right now, Yeah. right? But it's evolving, Yeah. right? Yeah. What does that, I guess, then look like when you say people are on their revival? Like, what do you hope beyond just that, that initial healing? Like, what do you hope for in terms of the greater scheme of, oh, yeah. of, of what you do? Yeah. My, my hope is this, right? Um, it can be something as simple as, you know, one of my clients, like, people say things to her, like, people say to me, like, who are you now? Like, you're yeah. completely on fire. When she feels that in her soul, like I was talking about earlier, like, how feelings store in your body, right? So, like, when somebody's depressed, a lot of times they'll describe, like, flu-like symptoms, like, they might have a headache, their throat hurts, right? I mean, they're also sick, too, but you know what I mean? Like, No, right. um, It's it's physiological. It's physiological, right, right, I guess is what I'm trying to get at, right? Like, they feel it. Like, me, with this revival I've been on of my life, like, I literally feel it in my chest, right? Like, like almost like like a literal fire. And I hope, like the people I work with feel that as well. Mm -hmm. And then the most important thing, the whole reason why I started this business, right, was that they will share their experience and help others. And love multiplies, right? Of course. Because we've all experienced pain. We've all experienced suffering. Yep. You know, we've all been cut, we've all been healed, like that sort of thing. And it is through sharing our experience that love is multiplied. And that's what I'm, I'm determined to do, right? And people are like, well, no, you, you know, you have a business. Well, yes, I have to make a living too. Like we oh, all have right, to make right. a living. But that is really the fundamental basis of why I started Revival. Because listen, I could be working as a behavioral health exec, making well into the six figures, doing well, and didn't have to do this. So, you know, I put on the line everything like every penny I've ever saved everything to start this because I felt so called to do this and I love like to your point earlier um when you were like you know it's been kind of taboo for people to talk about mental health like you know when I was growing up it was in the 80s right people would make jokes like you're going to see your shrink. Right. You remember that? Right. No, no, 100%. Yeah. yeah like, no one did. I mean, it was like for elitists or whoever. Or like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like, or like you're like or super you're screwed, like, screwed up. Screwed yeah, up. Yeah. Like something's going on. Like don't talk about that. Yep, right. Yep. What I love about today, right, is that mental health is a lot more in your face and accepted publicly than it's ever been. Right. And I hope that we stay on that path. Right, where people do talk about, like, yeah, I was talking to my therapist, right? I went to go see my psychiatrist. That we treat it just like if somebody had a cardiac issue. 100%. 100%. I don't, I don't know if you've heard or, or seen this documentary, which I would highly encourage, but uh, it's called Emotion 2.0. 
and it's on Amazon Prime. But I started watching, and one of the things was just talking about that, how people come in and they have cancer, they'll have, you know, issues of any kind, joint pain, this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and what they're finding through all this is that the emotion that they feel is directly correlated to the symptom, mm-hmm. right? And that once you address that and figure that out, like, what is it that you're holding on to? Because you're holding on to something. Yes. That emotion, that it's, it's a trauma, it's something that's happened yes. in your past, you're holding on to it. And so what these people are basically doing is saying you have to go in and, and release this this you know energy that you're holding out this negative energy, and as soon as they do, the disease is gone. Oh yeah, you know. And so, yeah, to your point that you know mental health is something that uh, is so important. But now companies are doing that where they have mental health weeks. You know, oh, yes. you're, not, you're not working, you're not doing whatever. But I notice these things in in people that you know they, they're 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 putting their values in the wrong places, and it mm-hmm. seems like you're kind of giving them. Uh, or reshifting their focus yeah. in terms of what's the most important thing, right? Yeah. And mental health is, is I think, it's almost like a very umbrella type word, right? Because everything is your mental health. Oh, it either works for you or against you. I completely, completely agree to that. To that point, yeah. I mean, it is. It's everything. And you know, for example, you were talking about traumas and how they mm-hmm. store in the body. I have long said that. Like traumas and our feelings are like cellular, right? right? right. Um, so for example, like I work with people who struggle with anxiety and they could be out in public and all of a sudden they just get like anxious or a panic attack. Well, what I know is that it's tied to something, right? It's tied to something, to some trauma they've experienced. Could be related to a sound, could be a noise, could be a time of day, could be a person that reminded them of somebody, could be a smell, could be something. But like it's a the, trigger. It's a trigger. Right. Literally, there is this book that's called The Body Keeps Score, and I love that because it's so true. I mean, your body does keep score. All these things that we experience do get stored yep. unless we choose to work on them and release them. That's why I'm open to in therapy too. Like. Listen, whatever somebody's path is for healing, that's what we go with. One of my clinicians, um, she's certified in hypnosis. Oh, interesting. Right? Some people are down with that. Yeah, they, yeah. They're like, let me try this, right? This this works for me. Other people, you know, do EMDR, right? Some people do this tapping thing that's called EFT. Mm-hmm. Like, all these different sort of things. Like, some people are into crystals. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And it's like, who am I to judge what the one path is? is for somebody right right but it is my job like i said to be on that love seat with somebody and be like okay you want to go over here and try this you i love that you this? call it a love seat yeah like we're just sitting on the love seat together all snuggled up That's you know me, got our sweatpants on yeah. like you know we're in this together but it's very true and i think love is it really is it comes down to that when you have love for other um you know you see clearly you think clearly and and and, and you can't have love for others if you don't have love for yourself Right, and that's the biggest thing I think we're seeing is, I don't know. It sounds cliche. It sounds like it should be on a bumper sticker or whatever. But to me, love is the answer, and it sounds like you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just love multiplied. Love multiplies 100 percent. Literally, right? And for me, as a believer in God, it's like God is love, and love is God. Yep. Couldn't agree more. You know, and it's perfect. Yep. It's perfect in all of its being, right? And um, I just, I just want people to feel well. Right, I want them to feel like their best possible self because yeah. I know what it's like not to be there, yeah. right? And I know what it's like to be on the path to getting there, yeah. right? And it's an amazing journal or journal journey. Yeah, um, it is a literal revival of somebody's life, of somebody's soul, of everything. Right? Like it's so weird. I never use the word revival. <laughs> 
prior to that car ride going across country, like never in my life, I'm telling you, it was like spoken to me, like you must name this revival therapy. It's the perfect word. It's the perfect word. Like, who uses revive? I mean, like, you know, it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, but, but I did it and I, I do. I think it's fitting and it's suiting, That's right? Perfect. That's perfect. Now, for those that are listening, let's just say, you know, obviously if they can, they have the access to, to come see you, they definitely should, right, mm-hmm. uh, at your practice. But um, if, if they can't and, and they're looking for that piece of advice or something that can get them to that next step, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's the hardest thing isn't, yeah, you see it and you understand, hey, I got to go do these things and, you know, I got to work out, I got to eat right, I got to go to, you know, therapy, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Taking that step, though, can be really, really hard, mm-hmm. right, that first step. What advice would you give to people who are in that place that they want all those things, they want that life, they want everything you just mentioned, but, man, I don't know where to start. Mm. Yeah, so, I, again, I can relate it to stuff in my life. Remember how I was talking about, like, standing on the edge of the cliff, like, literally, like, mm-hmm. eyes closed, like, arms out, and just falling forward. What I've learned, especially in entrepreneurship as well, like, just execute. Like, even if you're afraid, just dial the number, right? Uh, like, if you're on somebody's, like, website, like ours, like, you can literally send us an email, and we'll talk to you for 15 minutes free, Right, just to like get you started talking to yeah. somebody, get you started on your path. And listen, I talk to people all the time that don't come and see us, but people have emailed me back and they're like, everything you said has been spot on, right? Thank you so much, right? I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z. I've talked to people out of state. And it's so weird. The other day I talked to a woman out of Florida that just happened to find me and like, you know, mm-hmm. wanted to start. And that's what I tell people. I was like, the healing starts the moment you choose. And you choose to do something different, like literally stepping out of that old room into a new room and be like, I'm just going to dial these numbers. So true. You have to make that step. You got to make that decision. The decision first, right? Yeah. Once you make the choice, the step just follows it. Yeah. But if you're listening and you feel like you could benefit a little bit from the wisdom shared upon here today, I encourage you to reach out to Sarah directly. But Sarah, thank you so much for coming in being so vulnerable, sharing your story and just being you. Yeah, thank you. It's been really cool.